current scheme. Acquisition of nationality. There are various ways a person can acquire United States nationality, either at birth, by naturalization, or through court decisions and or treaties. Birth within the United States. Section 1 of the 14th Amendment provides that all persons born or naturalized in the United States, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. The language has been codified in the Immigration and Nationality Act of 1952, Section 301A. Regardless of the status of the parent, unless they are in the employ of a foreign government, birth within the territory confers nationality. The Supreme Court has not explicitly ruled whether children born in the United States to unauthorized migrants present in the country are birthright nationals, but it is generally presumed they are. Birth certificates from U.S. jurisdictions are typically acceptable proof of nationality through birth abroad to United States citizens. For children born abroad, a consular report of birth abroad may be requested to confirm entitlement as a national. Section 301C of the Nationality Act of 1952 extends automatic nationality at birth to children born abroad to two parents who are U.S. nationals, as long as one of the parents resided for any length of time in the United States or its possessions. Section 301G establishes that to attain automatic nationality for a child born abroad to a citizen and a foreign national, residency in the United States or its possessions is also required. Time served as active military service was considered equivalent to residence in the U.S. for children with one national parent, requirements vary, depending on when they were born, and whether the parents were married. Legitimate children. Automatic nationality is extended based upon the law applicable at the time of the child's birth. If a birth abroad occurred after May 24, 1934 but prior to December 23, 1952, the U.S. national parent must have resided in the United States or its possessions for 10 years, with five of them after the age of 14. If a birth abroad occurred after December 24, 1952 but prior to November 13, 1986, the U.S. national parent must have been the legal and genetic or gestational parent and have resided in the United States or its possessions for 10 years, with five of them after the age of 14. If the birth occurred on or after November 14, 1986, the U.S. national must have resided in the United States for five years, two of them after the age of 14, previous to the birth of the child. Illegitimate children. If the birth occurred prior to or after October 14, 1940, to a U.S. mother, who had at any time resided in the United States or its possessions, or to a U.S. father who had legitimized the child during its minority and who had resided in the United States or its possessions for 10 years, with five of them after the age of 16, as long as the child resided in the United States for five years prior to the age of majority. If the birth occurred between January 13, 1941 and December 23, 1952 to a U.S. mother, who had at any time resided in the United States or its possessions, or to a U.S. father who had legitimized the child during its minority and who had resided in the United States or its possessions for 10 years, with five of them after the age of 16. If the child was born between December 24, 1952 and November 13, 1986, to a U.S. mother, who had resided in the United States or its possessions for one year, or to a U.S. father who had legitimized the child during its minority and who had resided in the United States or its possessions for 10 years, with five of them after the age of 14. If the child was born between November 14, 1986 and June 11, 2017 to a U.S. mother, who had resided in the United States or its possessions for one year, or to a U.S. father who had resided in the United States or its possessions five years before the child's birth, with two of them after the age of 14. In addition, 
the father had to prove a biological relationship, agree to financially support the child, and formally legitimize the child prior to its majority, 18 years old. In 2017, in a unanimous decision in the case of Sessions v. Morales-Santana, 2017, the Supreme Court struck down the unequal residence requirement for unmarried parents to pass on nationality to their children born abroad, ruling that the equal but longer term of five years residency should apply until Congress amended the law. Adoptions. Prior to 2000, adoptees had to be naturalized and could be subject to deportation in later life for various offenses. Adopted children born on or before February 26, 1983 are subject to the law in effect at the time they were adopted. With passage of the Child Citizenship Act of 2000, effective for children under 18 or born on or after February 27, 2001, foreign adoptees of U.S. nationals, brought to the United States by a legal custodial parent in their minority, automatically derive nationality upon legal entry to the country and finalization of the adoption process. Birth in Outlying Possessions For people born in U.S. territories or possessions, nationality hinges upon whether they were born prior to the area being covered by U.S. sovereignty, during a period of U.S. sovereignty, or after U.S. sovereignty was terminated. Separate sections of the Nationality Act of 1952 handle territories that the United States has acquired over time, such as Alaska 8 U.S.C. Section 1404 and Hawaii 8 U.S.C. Section 1405 both incorporated, and unincorporated Puerto Rico 8 U.S.C. Section 1402, the U.S. Virgin Islands 8 U.S.C. Section 1406, and Guam 8 U.S.C. Section 1407. Each of these sections confer nationality on persons living in these territories as of a certain date, and usually confer native-born status on persons born in incorporated territories after that date. Specified effective dates in the territories include April 11, 1899, for Guam and Puerto Rico, January 17, 1917, for the U.S. Virgin Islands, and November 4, 1986, for the Commonwealth of the Northern Mariana Islands. Since passage of the Nationality Act of 1952, people born in these territories acquire nationality at birth. Congress has conferred birthright nationality, through legislation, to persons born in all inhabited territories except American Samoa and Swains Island, who are granted the status of non-citizen nationals. A December 12, 2019 ruling by U.S. District Judge Clark Wadupe struck down the special status 8 U.S.C. Section 1,481 of American Samoans as non-citizen nationals as unconstitutional, holding that any State Department policy that provides that the citizenship provisions of the Constitution do not apply to persons born in American Samoa violates the 14th Amendment. Government attorneys had argued that such a novel holding would be contrary to the decisions of every court of appeals to have considered the question, inconsistent with over a century of historical practice by all three branches of the United States government, and conflict with the strong objection of the local government of American Samoa. Wadup stayed his ruling on December 13 pending appellate review, so it did not take immediate effect. Naturalization A person who was not born a United States national may acquire U.S. nationality through a process known as naturalization. Eligibility for naturalization To become naturalized in the United States, an applicant must be at least 18 years of age at the time of filing, a legal permanent resident of the United States and have had a status of a legal permanent resident in the United States for five years before applying. A minimum physical presence in the territory for two and a half years is required, and absences of over six months reset the time frame. 
Persons married to and living with a U.S. national are eligible for a reduced residency period of three years with half of it requiring physical presence. For the period immediately preceding application, persons must have three months' residence established in the jurisdiction in which they are filing and must remain continuously in residence until completion of the granting of nationality. Non-citizen nationals of U.S. possessions are eligible for naturalization upon establishing residency in a state. The territory of the United States, for the purposes of determining a person's period of residence, includes the 50 states, District Columbia Puerto Rico, U.S. Virgin Islands, Guam, and the Northern Mariana Islands, specifically excluding residents in American Samoa, except for American Samoans seeking naturalization. Some exemptions from permanent residency exist for certain qualifying naturalization applicants. For example, since 1940, an immigrant who honorably served in the U.S. military during a designated period of hostility may naturalize without having first been a permanent resident. During peacetime, a foreigner's honorable military service reduces the residency requirement to one year. A legal but not permanent immigrant who successfully completed the military accession's vital to national interest program may naturalize without first having been a permanent resident. Similarly, an immigrant who has made extraordinary contributions, such as scientists or Olympic athletes, can be exempted from residency as well as the physical presence requirement and prohibitions for support of totalitarianism and or communism. The Law School of America Now a word from our sponsor, the Law School of America. The Child Citizenship Act of 2000 provided that a minor child born abroad to a U.S. national parent, who had not satisfied the residency requirements for nationality at birth, could qualify for special naturalization, if the parent established residence satisfying the five-year physical presence requirement after the child's birth. In lieu of the parent, a child may also qualify under this process, if the child's grandparent has satisfied the five-year residency in the United States with two of those years occurring after the child reached the age of 14. Eligible children do not have to meet any other requirements for naturalization. Process for Naturalization Applicants must apply for naturalization with the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services and pay requisite fees. They must demonstrate good moral character, evidenced by a lack of a criminal history, and must pass a test on United States history and civics. The questions are publicly available on the web and require the applicant to answer 10 out of 100 possible questions. Most applicants must also have a working knowledge of the English language, demonstrated by testing their basic ability in reading and writing, rather than fluency. Long-term permanent residents are exempt from the language test. For example, a person who is over age 50 with 20 years of residency or over 55 with 15 years of residency can opt to take the civics test in their original language. Persons over age 65 with 20 years residency may be given a shorter list of questions and those with physical or mental disadvantages are exempt from either the language or civics examinations. Granting of nationality is contingent upon taking an oath of allegiance, however since 2000 an exception has been made for people with diminished physical or mental capacity. Loss of nationality. The United States has a lengthy history of involuntary expatriation, loss of nationality. From 1907, Naturalized persons who returned to their country of origin for two or more years could be expatriated, as could native-born nationals who moved abroad and took allegiance to another nation. Married women were automatically expatriated upon marriage to foreign men or men who were unable to qualify for naturalization. From 1940, reasons for involuntary termination of nationality included service to a foreign government or in foreign armed forces, voting in a foreign election, military desertion, 
treason, or evidence of dual nationality, except for possession of a passport. The Supreme Court's interpretation of expatriation was made clear in Mackenzie v. Hare in 1915 with the ruling that Ethel Mackenzie's conduct, choosing to marry a non-national, was a voluntary acceptance to be denationalized. In the case of Savergnan v. United States in 1950, the court ruled that not knowing the consequences of one's actions was equally voluntary expatriation. The 1958 decision in Paris v. Brownell, which upheld denaturalization for foreign voting, marked a turning point, and the decision was reversed in 1967 in the ruling for a Froim v. Rusk, which found that a for a person's voluntary action to initiate a loss of nationality, an inference of abandonment by the action must have been present. By 1978, the decision in Vance v. Terrasas made it clear that a specific intent to expatriate must exist to lose nationality. In 1986, 8 U.S.C. Section 1481A was amended based on these court decisions to affirm that the intention to relinquish nationality must exist when performing a voluntary act for loss of nationality to occur. The State Department issued a partial list of actions such as paying taxes or recording a will in the United States, which would indicate intent to retain a national identity, or using a foreign passport when entering the United States or registering with a foreign political party, which might indicate an intent to relinquish nationality but advised each case was to be reviewed in context. Nationals were advised to write a statement advising that their actions were not an intent to give up their nationality and file it with an embassy or consulate official. In 1990, Section 1481 was revised again, to reflect a new policy of the State Department to presume that an individual did not intend to give up nationality, if the person performed a potentially expatriating act. Based on a consular memorandum, this meant that, for example, Acquisition of nationality in another nation which included a routine declaration of allegiance, or accepting foreign employment in a non-policy position of another nation, should result in the assumption that the person had no intention of relinquishing their nationality through their actions. From that time, the United States effectively has allowed nationals to acquire new nationality while remaining a U.S. national, thereby holding multiple nationalities and has ceased seeking records of newly nationalized persons abroad to evaluate their potential denationalization. Removing these items from the potential means of forfeiting U.S. nationality, the Nationality Act retained as possible causes of denaturalization, treason, sedition, or conspiring against the United States, employment as an official with policymaking authority of a foreign government, and voluntary renunciation. Fraud committed in conjunction with an application for naturalization can also make nationality voidable. Typically, prominent former Nazi officers who acquired U.S. nationality have had it revoked if the Office of Special Investigations has been able to prove that the naturalization was obtained by concealing their involvement in war crimes committed during World War II. They cannot be tried for crimes committed elsewhere, thus are denaturalized for immigration violations, and once they become aliens, ordered deported. The process of denaturalization is a legal procedure which results in nullifying nationality. Based upon the 1943 Supreme Court decision of Schneiderman v. United States, clear and convincing evidence must be evaluated in processing a denaturalization action. United States attorneys for the district in which a defendant resides bring suit in the jurisdiction's federal district court. Juries are typically not present, and the defendant may be compelled to testify. Failure to testify may result in a presumption of guilt, though defendants can plead against self-incrimination. The standard of proof is not reasonable doubt, but rather clear, convincing, and unequivocal evidence. Decisions may be appealed in federal appellate courts and the Supreme Court. 
Once the legal process has concluded, the Department of State issues a Certificate of Loss of Nationality. Renunciation of nationality, or legal expatriation, includes the voluntary relinquishment of a national identity and all rights and privileges associated with it. It is accomplished by making a formal declaration, which is sworn before a designated authority in the United States during a time of war, or abroad at any time to a consular officer. Evidence which clearly establishes the intent to expatriate must be approved and if there is doubt, such as in the case where a declarant would become stateless, the Department of State may be reluctant to accept the declaration. After an interview and counseling on the consequences of renunciation, if the applicant wishes to proceed, a fee is paid, the declaration is made, and a renunciation ceremony, in which the applicant signs a statement of understanding and takes the oath of renunciation, is held. People giving up U.S. nationality may be subject to an expatriation tax. Originally, under the Foreign Investors Tax Act of 1966, people determined to be giving up their nationality for the purpose of avoiding U.S. taxation were subject to 10 years of continued taxation on their U.S. source income, to prevent ex-nationals from taking advantage of special tax incentives offered to foreigners investing in the United States. Since 2008, these provisions no longer apply, instead, ex-citizens who meet certain asset or tax liability thresholds pay a capital gains tax on a deemed sale of their U.S. and non-U.S. assets, including retirement accounts, regardless of their reasons for giving up citizenship. The Reed Amendment, a 1996 law, bars former nationals as inadmissible to the United States if the Attorney General finds that they renounce citizenship for purposes of avoiding taxes, however, it has never been enforced. Proposals such as the expatriation prevention by abolishing tax-related incentives for Offshore Tenancy Act to rewrite the Reed Amendment and make it enforceable failed in committee in both 2012 and 2013. Dual Nationality The Supreme Court ruled in Cooperative v. United States, 1952, that dual nationality is a long-recognized status in the law and that a person may have and exercise rights of nationality in two countries and be subject to the responsibilities of both. The mere fact he asserts the rights of one nationality does not, without more, mean that he renounces the other. In Schneider v. Rusk, 1964, it found that persons who have been naturalized in the United States have the right to return to their native countries and to resume a former nationality while remaining a U.S. national. This applies even if they never return to the United States. Since 1990, the State Department has allowed multiple nationalities. Official policy is one of recognition that such a status exists, but the U.S. government does not endorse a policy of having multiple nationalities, though it is permitted. Dual nationality may run counter to expectations of government agencies in matters of security clearance or access to classified information. The State Department issued a memorandum in 2016, advising agencies of proper evaluation procedures to weigh the risks of plural nationality. The Law School of America the content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation Incorporated under a Creative Commons Attribution, Share Alike license. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America